Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline, they will include Mel Kuyper Jr. I always say when it is Christmas, he is Santa Claus. That's how I view Mel when it comes to the NFL draft. And I basically view life as a football fan as the downtime between Mel Kuyper Jr. mock drafts. The good news is we have one today, and that is the only place to start. Here we go! Only one place to start. And it is with Mel Kuyper, who has actually leaped boldly into the modern day. Mel Kuyper Jr. in a draft that you can see in its entirety right now on ESPN+. Plus For the very first time in the 38 years that he has been doing this for ESPN, has projected trades into his first round. And let me, before I start going through all this, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, I don't know how well we've gotten to know each other again. Right, I was on the radio with you for 18 years. I went away for a while. So it's been some time. And as we sort of get used to each other again, I feel like every now and again, I need to tell you a few things about me. And here is the most important thing I can tell you today. I live for these mock drafts. I think a lot of that comes from being the fan of a team that is usually bad. When your team is bad, a couple of things happen. One, you tend to draft high, and my team does. Two, you tend not to play meaningful games through most of the season. In fact, in my particular case this year, my team didn't play a meaningful game after the month of September. So I've basically been looking forward to the draft as a fan, as have so many other fans, for a very long time. We're talking months already. So when Mel and McShay and others come out with these mocks, I treat them as though they are extraordinarily meaningful. And in many ways, they are. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. One of the reasons that they are meaningful is that Mel does not just sit here and randomly assign players to teams. No one does more painstaking work and no one is more passionate about the work they do that I've ever met in my life than Mel Kuyper Jr. And when he tells you the order in which these quarterbacks are looking to go, when he tells you about teams that are thinking of taking quarterbacks and all the other things, it is not because he's guessing. It is because this is what he's hearing from people. He is talking to literally everyone inside the process. So with Mel doing his mock draft trades for the first time ever, here is the most important thing I can tell you. The first trade he has ever projected involves the second pick in the draft. That, of course, is a pick that belongs to the New York Jets. He has Atlanta trading up from the four spot to the two and taking the quarterback, Zach Wilson, out of BYU. Mel projects the Jets to stick with Sam Darnold, move down, and take a tight end with the fourth pick in the draft, a player named Kyle Pitts from Florida. I will start with my reaction, should that be the case. There's two separate pieces to that from the perspective of the team sitting at number two. And again, the Jets are basically in control of the entire top of this draft. What they decide to do at number two will determine so many other things. If this is what they decide to do, I will love it. And I will tell you why. I am not, you have heard me say many times, I believe Sam Darnold needs a fresh start. Chris Canty was hosting Get Up With Me this morning, and he said he has seen too many young players have their careers knocked out of them at the very beginning. And I do worry that that has happened to Sam. But Mel made the point, if he's going to get a fresh start, why not let it be right there? It is all new, basically. They're going to put real talent around him as opposed to what they've had. They're going to put real coaching around him as opposed to what they've had. And maybe, just maybe, ownership gets the hell out of the way for a change and allows the people they've put in place to do what they do. So maybe 
this is just as good a place as any for him to get a fresh start. And what I'm building up to telling you is, if that is what they decide to do, there's nothing I'd rather see them do than take this tight end. Kyle Pitts is, according to everyone, not everyone, according to many people, the second best player in this draft. He is Travis Kelsey waiting to happen. And I am a believer that there is nothing better to have on an NFL team right now, the way pro football is played today. There is no more valuable weapon to have on your team than a tight end who can wreck the game. So if that's who this kid is, then I'm completely in favor of it. That is what Mel projects there. He's got a bunch of trades. Let me just go through what Mel is projecting for you. First, at the top of the draft, Trevor Lawrence. Listen, we all understand that's what's going to happen. The draft begins at number two. Again, he then has the Falcons moving up from number four to take Zach Wilson at number two. Here's the thinking on that. You're going to see some teams that might not necessarily need quarterbacks make aggressive moves this year. And a big part of the reason for that is because next year does not project to be a year where there are a lot of quarterbacks teams are going to want badly. So you will see a team like Atlanta that may want to go another year with Matt Ryan moving up to take Wilson now because they don't believe anyone like that will be sitting there the following season. Miami's sitting at three. He has them taking Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama. Four, he has the Jets taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end we just talked about. Five, Cincinnati taking Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, which will make Joe Burrow somewhere. You will hear Joe Burrow jumping up and down and celebrating. Six, will the Eagles take a quarterback? It's a fascinating question. Mel says no. He has them taking Jamar Chase, the receiver out of LSU. I will remind you that when Jamar Chase was at LSU, he opted out of last season, so you've largely forgotten him. But Justin Jackson, who just had about as good a season as any rookie receiver in the history of the sport, the year before that, he was the number two receiver at LSU when Jamar Chase was number one. Then the quarterbacks begin to go. At number seven, Mel has San Francisco trading up to take Justin Fields. At number eight, he has Carolina taking Mac Jones. And at number nine, he has New England. That's right, New England trading up to take Trey Lance, the kid out of North Dakota State. Bill Belichick has never drafted a quarterback in the first round. This would be a first for that. It's a fascinating dynamic to watch. A couple of thoughts. One, each of the first nine players all play offense. That is very pro football 2021. Two, that's not the order in which I believe the quarterbacks will ultimately go. I believe Mac Jones is climbing a people's boards, and I think he is a guy that is going to go quickly. Three, and most importantly, Two other players hover over all of this. One of them is obviously Deshaun Watson. The other is Dak Prescott. There is at least one and maybe two quarterbacks that could wind up playing heavily into the quarterback situation in the draft and the trades based upon what their teams decide to do. Does Houston finally realize they've already traded Deshaun Watson? They're the last ones to know it. Do they shake up the top of this draft with where Deshaun Watson goes? And then with Dak, do the Cowboys come to the realization that rather than lose him for nothing eventually, the best thing they can do is trade Dak Prescott now? When we get the answers to those questions, we will have a lot better idea of what to expect at the top of this year's NFL draft. I am Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, your home, your motorcycle, your RV, or your boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All right, we're just getting started. Wendy's going to jump in on the second half of the NBA schedule and all the things you need to know. And I will also explain why if your team is going to take any of these quarterbacks, 
I have some very, very bad news. That's on the way. I'm just getting started. Glad you're here. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Brian Winhurst will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. We will talk to him about the second half of the NBA schedule, which is going to be fascinating and challenging for a variety of reasons. We'll also go through a bunch of stuff that's going on in the league right now. And then I will tell you why if your team is going to draft a quarterback this year, I have some bad news. All of that is 30 seconds away after this time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And with that, I'm delighted to say good morning, Brian Winhorst. Good morning, Greeny. How are you, my friend? It's always a pleasure. And I, I want to get into the schedule stuff with you because that was I heard that on your podcast. Uh, Wendy has the Hoop Collective podcast, and I heard you talking about that, and I think it's interesting. But I think we have to actually get to some of the stuff happening on the floor. The Lakers got obliterated last night by the Utah Jazz. They've lost four straight games. They're playing without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. But I asked this question to Big Perk on TV today. I'll ask it to you. If I'm a Laker fan this morning, how worried am I? Uh, I, you know, maybe a six on the scale. Uh, let me just point out a couple of things. <laughs> One, the last nine times LeBron's been in the playoffs, he's gone to the finals. Um, if you want to focus on regular season stretches with LeBron, especially when his team is not uh, at the top of its game, you can find dozens of them where they were worrisome. I mean, we practically went through it year on year in Cleveland for those four years. Um, and so, the Lakers have two big problems, Greeny. One of them is that their defensive center position is much weaker than a year ago. Um, they made a decision to go offensive uh, with, Mo- with Montrez Harrell and with a limited center in Marcus Gasol. Um, but they have an incredible trump card to, to solve that, which is they can put Anthony Davis at center. They don't do that during the regular season, but they sure as heck can do it in the playoffs. And that's something you got to keep in mind. The other thing is they are a streaky and suspect outside shooting team. Um, last night, for example, against the Jazz, the Jazz make 22 three-pointers. The Lakers make eight. I'm not a mathematician, but that's not winnable. Hmm. 
But that was the case last year, and when it mattered in the bubble, they were able to hit them. So they have weaknesses, but they also have incredible strengths, and I'm not going to overreact to a situation during the regular season, especially when they're not full strength. That's fair. Now, that said, the team that beat them last night, our basketball power index, our analytics, right now favor Utah to come out of the West, not the Lakers. And I think it was you who said the other day that this Utah team Reminds you a little bit of the Tim Duncan Spurs. For those who have not seen Utah, and again, they don't, they don't have a lot of star power and all the rest of that. Just how good is this Utah team? They may be the greatest shooting team I've ever seen. Um, they move the ball beautifully like those Spurs teams did. Um, and the reason that they, they're kind of like a cousin of the Spurs in that their coach, Quinn Snyder, is a product of the Spurs system. Certainly he coached other places, was at Missouri, but he was with the Spurs and he, as he launched his NBA coaching career. And Dennis Lindsay, who put this team together as a team president, was with the Spurs, one of the Spurs executives who have gone out. Um, and the construction of the team is very democratic, share the ball, dynamic guard off the bench. Um, uh, in in in, in uh, Jordan Clarkson, not that I would call him Manu Ginobili, but a dynamic card off the bench uh, type of player. Incredible defensive guy to protect the rim in Rudy Gobert. Again, not that I would say he's Tim Duncan, but when you see how they play and you see the way they're built, you can see the resemblance. Um, what I don't know, Greeny, is whether they can shoot the ball like this in May and June, and I guess July this year. Uh, they got guys like Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich hitting 45% of their threes. Can they do that under pressure? I don't know. But what I will tell you is this. Three years ago, Boyan Bogdanovich, and there was a seven-game series with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was in, in Indiana, and unless you're a Pacer fan, you probably don't remember it, but the, the series went seven games. LeBron had to hit two game winners to win that series. And Boyan Bogdanovich was the second best player in that series after LeBron. Mm -hmm. If that Boyan Bogdanovich, who's been playing during this regular season, we already talked about, you know, the Jazz have two all-stars and a snub in Mike Conley. If that Boyan Bogdanovich shows up, and if Jordan Clarkson continue to shoot this way, this is a potential championship team. Championship team. That's exactly right. And I certainly remember the team that you're talking about in the series you're talking about. Wendy with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Let me ask you in the East. I mean, all eyes obviously are on the Nets. And and when, when KD is healthy, assuming this trio can be healthy together, they're probably as good offensively as candidly any team in history. Is there something inevitable about this group? If, if they get to the playoffs healthy, in your mind, are they a clear-cut favorite to get to the final? Greeny, I can't tell you how impressed I am with James Harden. In my mind, I've almost got him as an MVP candidate, and I know that that may be hard to believe, but the way he has approached this job, he, look at his free throws. He, they're down by half. He's not hunting for that anymore. He's being an incredible teammate. He came in and realized that Kyrie Irving's role was under the most threat. And he has yielded to Kyrie so much, even in games where I felt like Kyrie actually has hurt the Nets because he's dominated the ball too much. And I'm thinking, why isn't the ball in Harden's hands? Harden, since day one together, their first two games that they played in Cleveland a month ago, he has really tried to make sure that Kyrie has been nurtured and taken care of. And in return, Kyrie has said, you know what, James? I want you to be the point guard, which is not a small thing, Greeny, because he, he was 
he didn't like that role in Cleveland and didn't want it. He wanted out because he couldn't control the ball as much as he wanted to with LeBron. Those two working together has been incredible. I'm not worried about Durant. Durant's worked with stars in the past, and he's an incredible talent. He can do anything. Those two working together has been huge. The other thing is, yeah, I'm worried about them defensively, but Hembo sent me a stat yesterday that blew my brain. Right now, eight of the top 12 offensive seasons in the history of the game, 73, four years, whatever it is, eight of the 12 offensive seasons by team are happening right now, Mm. including the top four. This may be a year, Greeny, where the defense doesn't matter. And the old school dudes will be like, look, that's not true. In the playoffs, defense matters. And I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. But right now, there is no defense being played in this league. It is all gas. It is all offense. And in that case, if that's the way it's going to be in this particularly bizarre year, it is a year for the Nets to do it. That is, I really, I had not realized that. You know the numbers are up and the three-point shooting has so much to do with it, but that is an incredible look at it. Greeny and Windy, one more thing for you on this before we get to the schedule. Four weeks from today, so I'm a month from today actually because this is February, March 25th is the trade deadline and the name Bradley Beal is going to be out there at least a little. I mean, whispered slash screamed. What, if anything, are you expecting? Forget about Bradley Beal. I don't think that's happening at all. The Wizards are actually playing well. They have no motivation to do it. Bradley Beal is, is content as far as I know. I mean, it's the NBA. Things can change by, by, the, by the day. But I would retire the Bradley Beal name. I think the, I think the name that you're going to start seeing out there uh, that we're going to wonder about is Kyle Lowry. Um, Kyle Lowry is a free agent to be. Um, the Raptors are hovering around 500. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe the Raptors are going to trade pieces away to add uh, pieces and try to make a run. But Lowry, I don't know whether he's going to stay in Toronto after this year. And if Kyle Lowry became available, especially in this market where there's really not a lot of name players available, and especially where you have some teams who would be amazing if Kyle Lowry could be added to their roster, Philly, maybe Miami, maybe the Clippers. It's a complicated concept because, again, it's a huge decision for the Raptors, and he makes $30 million, so it's a difficult trade. And I don't know what they're going to do. But when you talk to league executives, the name that's coming out there is what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry. Mm. That's the name when you're going to watch in the next month. All right, fair enough. We'll keep an eye on that. Greeny and Windy. Okay, uh, again, on your podcast, the Hoop Collective, I heard you say the other day that, that everyone around the league was bracing for what the second half schedule was going to look like. We released it yesterday on the jump on ESPN. What are the most important things fans should be thinking about as we see that come out? What, what should the fans know who haven't followed it? It's a complete war of attrition, Greeny. Um, the league just is doing what it has to do. Uh, most teams are playing 37 or 38 games in about 73 days. That's a crazy amount. Um, and some of the teams like the Spurs, I think it's like 40 games in 73 days. The Wizards, maybe 38 games in 73 days. There's just no wiggle room at all. Uh, there's, uh, they've, they've avoided the, the dreadful four out of five nights, but there's just teams playing five games in seven nights all over the board, which is, to me, as brutal as you can get, the five games in seven nights, or five games in eight nights. It's just going to be exhausting. Any, any flourish of uh, COVID on any roster is going to be very difficult to handle. And despite dancing around it really for three months now, they have not expanded the rosters like they said they were going to and add another piece. Um, 
they are really just hoping for the best. And uh, Greeny, I think there's like 11 teams within three games of 500. 20 teams are going to make the playoffs this year because of the play-in tournament. It's just going to be a coagulated situation, a mess. I really am having a difficult time ranking the teams. I can't tell you how good a team like Denver is. I can't tell you how good a team like Dallas is. I can't evaluate a team like Toronto. These teams are all all over the board. And with guys coming in and out of the lineup in this schedule, it's going to be really hard. I, I, I think it should be entertaining because we're not going to have uh, any knowledge, but it's going to be – it's going to be a very challenging physically for these guys. Yeah. I mean, I, if they if we get ourselves to the playoffs and it all feels representative and it all feels healthy, then yes, maybe it'll be a fun, mad dash to the finish and we'll see who winds up standing. Uh, Brian Windhorst, I, I, there's one more thing I need from you, Wendy. I'm sorry, what? What? what, what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I need you to explain to me what Top Shot is. It was from you that we first started hearing about this, and I, and I, 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 in my life, I had never heard the words "top shot" put back to get back to back like that. And now, all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm hearing it everywhere. I can't be the only one, Wendy. What is top shot? It's sports cards for uh, the new gen, the, the new generation, the future. Uh, it is not a physical thing; it doesn't exist. It only exists on the internet in digital form, and it is a they, instead of it being a static image, uh, a photograph. It is a highlight, uh, a dunk, a block, an assist, a steal. Um, and they are, you keep them in a digital wallet. And the reason that they are valued by the people out there who are, who are collecting them is that they're, because they're on the blockchain, which is an online ledger, we can see how many there are. You know, when I was a kid, Greeny, I got the Ken Griffey Tops rookie card, put it in a plastic sleeve and thought it was really valuable because it was rare. The truth is there were millions of them printed. And you know, it wasn't really that rare after all. Now, the mantle card from 1952, that's a different story. But the, here we know that there's 25 of a certain highlight or there's 25,000. And those, because there's scarcity and because people are sitting at home and there's the boredom economy happening, they're very valuable. And I can't believe it either, Greeny. I'm not advocating anybody buy any. I am just saying it's a trend. And I'm going to tell you that in the last seven days, and we, and unlike the card market where we don't know because there's, a million people out there trading cards because this is on the blockchain, the internet, we know um, there's been $145 million in transactions in the last seven days on this. And it's definitely a bubble. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but people are very, very into it. And it is the future of trading cards. If you listen to the collectors. So, so it is to trading cards, what Bitcoin is to money? Is, is that a reasonable way of looking at it? Yeah, somebody who is smarter than me would probably shoot 15 holes in what you just said. Right. Yes, it is. It is like it is something that people value. Uh, you, know, you know, in retrospect, you can laugh at this and say, well, it doesn't exist. Well, I can laugh and say, why does that piece of cardboard, why is that worth five million dollars? when a piece of paper that's the, with the exact same replication of it is not like Mickey Mantle card sold a piece of cardboard sold for $5 million. It's really not any different um, because it exists on the internet. And there's only a few of them. Uh, these, these things are selling, but I will tell you that in the last, um, in the last few days, one of these top shots just sold for $210,000. And this is a deal with the NBA players and its union. And the players are getting into it. The players are collecting it. Terry Rozier, 
uh, from the Charlotte Hornets put on Twitter the other day, if somebody bought one of his moments, he would throw in an autographed jersey for them. And uh, some of the players are collecting it themselves. And I talked to the NBA about it, and they said, look, we have all these archive, um, archive footage. I mean, someday we could put the Michael Jordan shot on there or think of the Kobe Bryant ones that could, be, that could go on there, these little highlight clips. And, Greeny, I am not somebody who – is into this world, but I can't sit here and tell you that it's not something that's incredibly red hot right now. And, and I don't think it'll last, but I can't tell you that it won't. $210,000. It sounds ridiculous, but I mean, to your point, if baseball cards are going for 5 million bucks, then maybe it's not, you were the first one that I heard about it from. So uh, if, if this thing becomes the thing that everyone is talking about, remember you heard it first from Wendy right here on ESPN radio, Brian Winhorse. Thank you. As always, my friend, I will see you soon. Have a great weekend, Green. All right, you too. That's Brian Winhorse with me with so much insight into so many different things, both on the court and off and online. All right, next order of business. Here we go. The Scoop. I told you I was going to give you a scoop. I told you if your team is going to draft a quarterback in the first round this year, that I have very bad news. And right now, Mel Kuyper has five teams slated to draft quarterbacks in the first round. And we will, of course, wait and see what winds up happening with Deshaun and everything else. But right now, he has the Falcons taking a quarterback. He has the Jaguars taking a quarterback. He has the Niners, the Patriots, and the Panthers. Whatever. Whoever it is. Here's the scoop. In the last 12 drafts, 12 drafts, going back to 2009, that is a big sample size. That's a lot of years in the NFL. That's a full generation of of players entering the sport. There have been 37 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. 37 quarterbacks drafted in the first round going back over the last 12 years. Of those, Bubba, jump in with me here, please, ladies and gentlemen, hashtag Bubba, my disheveled board operator. Of those, of those 37 quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2009, Bubba, how many of them do you think have gone on to win a Super Bowl? Six. Six. You're guessing six out of 37. Devin, just yell out a number. I can see you over there. What number out of 37 do you think? He's got six. You're going over or under? I'm going under. I'll go with four. Four. Okay, fair enough. Nuno's in the room with me here today, so he doesn't have a mic, but yell out a number. How many do you think? He says two. Brandon, what do you think? Eight. Eight. Brandon says eight. So we have two, four, six, and eight, and, and, and I'm here to tell you that going back to the last 12 drafts, there have been 37 quarterbacks, and one of them has gone on to win the Super Bowl. One, and it's Patrick Mahomes. He's the only quarterback to be drafted in the first round in the last 12 years to go on and win a Super Bowl as a starter. And in fact, only two others have even made it to the Super Bowl, and they are Jared Goff and Cam Newton, neither of whom is on the team that they went with anymore. So what does this tell us? It tells us that this thing is the ultimate crapshoot. If the ultimate goal of drafting a quarterback is to become a great team to get to a Super Bowl, this generation tells us drafting him in the first round is not a good way to do it. Now, you can say it's a little bit skewed because Brady has been in all these Super Bowls, and A, he was drafted way before 12 years ago, and B, we all know he was drafted in the sixth round. But it is what it is. I hate stats that go back like three years because anything can happen in three years. It's too random. But this is not. Twelve years, twelve drafts, 37 players. 
drafted in the first round. Only one of them has won a Super Bowl, and it's Patrick Mahomes. So, again, I think that this tells you that there is just a total randomness to this thing. Does that mean all these other quarterbacks are bad? Of course not. It means that quarterback is the most dependent position in sports. Football is the ultimate team sport. And these guys, more than in any other sport, desperately need other things to be working around them. They just can't do it themselves. So Trevor Lawrence, who was coming into this draft as highly hyped up as any quarterback that you can remember, going back, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, John Elway, all the rest of that, that's all fair. Hey, what about uh, Blaine Gabbard? He just won. What about Blaine Gabbard? Well, the, the stat only counts for starting quarterbacks. And what year was Gabbard drafted also? What, what year was Gabbard? What, which draft was Gabbard in? Um, this would be draft. 2011. 11. So this would be starting quarterback in the, in, in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you can be sitting on the bench. So look at hashtag Bubba trying yeah, to throw a monkey wrench into an outstanding good. statistic. It's an outstanding statistic. It fooled you. You know what you're doing? You're just firing back because it made you look bad. Your guess was bad. Yeah, and I think it made, my six is looking pretty good thanks to old BG. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. But Blaine Gabbert, yes. Yeah, I mean, so if your goal is to draft someone who might someday, while on his fourth team, be the backup quarterback in a Super Bowl, then by all means, go ahead and grab one of these guys. I'm just saying history tells you it will not work. So, look, Sam Darnold falls into that as well. But when Mel Kuyper says the Jets are better off sticking with Sam Darnold than trading him, moving on from him, and taking another quarterback, that's one reason why you might think it's a good idea. Here's another. If you were to put Darnold in this draft, Mel Kuyper said today he'd be the second quarterback taken. At worst, he'd be third. Mel said Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson is a lateral move. Trevor Lawrence would be first. Darnold would be definitively ahead of the other guys in this draft, Mac Jones um, and, and, and the other two who'll go after, Justin Fields. He would be behind those guys, Trey Lance. He would be ahead of them. He would be behind Trevor Lawrence. So the point of the matter is that these things are not as simple as they sound. Sure, it sounds exciting. Go draft a quarterback. One of the reasons teams do that is to get you excited, to get their season ticket holders excited, to get their fan base excited, to win the draft, to win April, to get everyone on the talk radio talking about them. But the the ultimate objective of this thing is to have somebody who's playing in February. And generally speaking, that has not been the way to go about doing it. All right, coming up next, we haven't taken any calls today. We're going to change that in a hurry. 888-SAY-ESPN is my number, 888-729-3776. The question is, what do you want to know? You'll ask me your question. If you can get past Bubba, I'll give you an answer. Anything you want to ask in sports, what do you want to know? With Greeny is coming up right after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. Here's the Straight Talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. That was a great one. We had Patrick on last week, and he had the towel over the shoulder in honor of Big John. Great stuff, Greeny, with you here at ESPN Radio, and we will have Mel Kuyper in our next hour talking about the Mel, uh, the mock draft that he just released, which for the first time ever he's projecting trades, which is, just makes it fun. It's all fun. And again, when your team stinks, you need something fun in football. These mock drafts, to me, are fun. Meanwhile, nothing more fun than talking to you when we're coming to the phones here. What do you want to know is the game. Your questions, anything you want to ask me about the world of sports. If you can get past Bubba, you can get on the air. Bubba, who is our first caller? Yeah, we'll start with David. David, you're on ESPN Radio. David, what do you want to know? Hi, Greeny. My question for you is, what is your opinion of the new coaching staff for the Philadelphia Eagles with the new head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator? Do you think they will be the same as next year, better or worse? I I think that they will be – well, do I think they'll be better than they were a year ago based exclusively on the coaching? I I don't have any reason to think that they're going to be worse based upon the coaching. But I will say this. My biggest concern – is that you hired Nick Sirianni because he was Frank Reich Jr. The reason you hire Frank Reich Jr. is because you think that's the best way to get the most out of Carson Wentz. And then Carson Wentz somehow, this is my, my assumption of the way all this went. You hire Sirianni because you think it's his way of getting Carson Wentz to work and to be happy and to want to stay and to get the maximum out of him. Sirianni has the horrendous first press conference where... To me, that really isn't that big of a deal, but it, it, it just starts it on a bad note. Like, of all the things I can think of about Adam Gase, his ridiculous eyes at his first press conference would have been long forgotten if he'd been a great coach. So you will forget Nick Sirianni's terrible first press conference if he winds up winning you a bunch of games. That said, it's a bad football team. Really bad. And they're in cap hell. So I expect them to be about the same or worse than they were a year ago. Because I don't expect them to be very good. I think they're at the beginning of a building project. And the biggest thing they'll have to find out is whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy in the center of it when they get there. 
So that's a long-winded answer to a reasonably short question. I expect them probably record-wise to be about the same as they were a year ago. They're at the beginning of a building project, and we will have to see about the coach as he goes forward. Greening on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll be terrible. Mo is up next. <laughs> that's a Cowboy fan talking. Mo, you're on ESPN Radio. Mo, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, how you doing? How would you feel if the Jets trade their second pick uh, for Dak Prescott and the, and the Cowboys' 10th pick this year? What, what did he say about the Cowboys? I, I don't hear it that well. Clearly, did he ask me if the Jets should trade the second pick for Deshaun Watson? No, for Dak. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, look, Dan Orlovsky got a lot of conversation started on Get Up this morning. Dan is of the opinion that Dak Prescott is a good but not great player. I respect his opinion, and I certainly respect Dan's evaluation of quarterbacks. I don't see it the same way. I see it differently. I think Dak is a great player, and I think he could do a lot worse. Let's put it this way. Dak Prescott, I believe, is better than Sam Darnold. So if the Jets could get Dak Prescott, I don't think he's as good as Deshaun. So option one, get Deshaun. Option two would be get Dak, although I don't think the Cowboys will admit how badly they screwed themselves with the way they've handled these negotiations. So I don't think they will trade Dak Prescott, although they should. And then option number three would be to stay where they are, which is what it is. But if the question is, would I trade the number two pick for Dak? The answer is yes, and that won't be enough. Any team, if Dak Prescott genuinely does become trade bait, the Cowboys are going to get a ton in return for him, a ton. So I would be all in favor of that, yes. Uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on ESPN Radio. What would you like to know? Hey, Greeny, my question, I know we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks and things like that. Which quarterback, uh, since you were talking about 2009 to 2016, drafted in the first round, which do you think had the most potential but then had the worst luck and got drafted by a team that they got put in a situation that pretty much ruined their career? Well, I mean, there's a few. So... Which quarterback do I think had his career most? Boy, that's a really good question. I'll say, well, see, I can't say Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford has had a, a terrific career and has made a fortune of money. You can't say his career was ruined. Now he's never had a chance to win anything because he was on terrible teams. I need to get the list in front of me. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to carry that to the top of the next hour. I will give you an answer because it's a great question. I need to look at the whole list of quarterbacks to give you the best answer because I don't have them all in my head. I mean, you know, I think Sam falls in that category. I think Sam Darnold has the goods to be a great quarterback, and he wound up in a situation no one could have succeeded in. But let me give you a better answer to that off the top of the hour. I'll look through all of the names. Bubba, give me one more. Let's go to Frank. Frank, you're on ESPN Radio. What would you like to know? Hey, what's up, Greeny? Um, let's see. I was wondering what you think the Washington football team should do with the quarterback position. I know a lot of fans, they want to see Ta- uh, Taylor Heineke, um, but I don't think he's going to do much more. I don't think he's going to give us a better record than we what previously had. So what do you think about that? And what do you think about us going after a free agent wide receiver uh, to pair up along Terry McLaurin? Well, l- let, me, let me answer your quarterback question because I'm going to run short on time, and I have the answer for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I have been saying it over and over again. Fitzpatrick, who is a guy who will come cheap, has been a much better quarterback than anyone gives him credit for over the last few years. He has a better QBR over the last three years than Deshaun Watson does. That is the ultimate measurement of all the things a quarterback does to help you win. You develop Heineke and you see if he turns into something. But I'm telling you right now, you put 
Ryan Fitzpatrick on that team next year, they will run away and hide with the NFC East, and they will be a legit threat with that defense to make some playoff noise. All right, I will come back. I will answer that other question. Mel Kuyper is on the way. Big Hour, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 